1: Welcome to episode 241 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Worldwide last year, there were nearly 300,000 cases of brain cancer. Today, you're going to hear an amazing story of a woman who was diagnosed with 20 brain tumors as well as lung cancer. With the use of cannabis, all of her brain tumors are gone, and we have no doubt that the lung cancer... Very soon, will be gone as well. And joining us from Ohio is Sean, who's here to tell us his wife's story. We respect his need for privacy, so we'll not use his last name. Sean, good of you to do this. Thanks very much. Thank you. Take us back to the beginning and tell us the circumstances of your wife's health issues.
2: Um, Towards the end of the year, uh, last year, my wife was studying for her master's degree and uh, she just wasn't feeling well. And so we ended up going to the doctor. Um, she had pneumonia. And then uh, in January, at the end of January, she ended up getting another uh, x-ray, which showed that she had a mass on her lung. So that was um, at the be- beginning of January. And then we ended up getting a CAT scan, and it showed to confirm that she had a mass on her lung. The very next day, we were at the pulmonologist, and we were discussing our options, and The following week, he had scheduled a PET scan, and he had scheduled a biopsy. And uh, during this whole time that she was going through all this, she was having these ocular migraines, and her vision was like a kaleidoscope. And so I was very concerned, and um, we ended up going and getting the, the biopsy, and it was inconclusive, but the PET scan was hot. So um, I, I told my family physician. I said, "Listen, you know, I think it's imperative that we get a brain MRI because I think there's something else going on." And So I it actually makes me tear up. So that's okay.
1: No, it's okay. Uh- <laughs> yeah,
2: I apologize. But mm-hmm. so the next day we uh, <clears throat> we go to the doctors and uh, we had, we had a brain MRI done and he brought us in and uh <clears throat> ah sorry guys and told us that she had 20 brain tumors wow and, mm. and uh I was I was oh, man I was beside myself so
3: yeah you 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 told to us that uh she he told you at that point she probably had a couple of weeks yeah Wow, that's that's so, gonna be crazy. So I was
2: heartbroken. Yeah, I was heartbroken. And so, what I did, what I always do is I fight. So I, I try to figure something out and I try to fix it. So, so I did a lot of research after we did a lot of crying. Did a lot of research, and my brother had mentioned something to me about cannabis maybe curing cancer. I didn't believe it. You know, I thought it was snake oil didn't believe it. I, I used to get high when I was a kid. I, I didn't get high anymore. I mean, I was, I had done martial arts and stuff all my life. So I was into training and, and things like that. And, um, but I checked it out, you know, on the off chance to you know, just to see what he was talking about. And then pulled up this, uh, the video of Sharon Kelly from Australia and she had adenocarcinoma or non small cell lung cancer. And, uh, So I was, I was surprised. I mean, I watched that video over and over, you know, trying to glean some information. So, so actually it really turned me on to, to, wow, there might be something here. Right. So I kept on doing some more information, you know, looking at more videos and stuff. And I came across that Dennis Hill video where he was a biochemist for MD Anderson and he was telling everybody that he had stage four prostate cancer and that he cured it with only cannabis and he wasn't using radiation surgery or anything. And, uh, and he explained the mechanics of it and I understood what he was talking about. And, and it, it made more sense to me. And, uh, I came across run from the cure from Rick Simpson. And, and I just, uh, I thought there was something here. So that weekend, that same weekend, uh, I ended up getting some some marijuana from from my niece because I didn't have no idea where to get it mm-hmm. and uh I ended up watching a video with my my son and <laughs> my sister and uh basically what we did is we just made it and uh I gave it to her gave it to her that that day and uh you know and that and that's that was the beginning of our trek.
1: How did she react to taking it the first time
2: uh you know, in order to figure out what was going on with her and, and I don't do drugs or anything anymore, nothing like that since I was a kid, but I had to check it out myself too, because I wanted to make sure what I was giving her wasn't going to make her crazy. Right. So unfortunately, I mean, I, I I took a little bit too and I I got wasted and, and it's like, you know, I don't do that stuff very well. So, so she, she handled it much better than I did. And, uh, um, she, she, you know, we started out like Rick Simpson's protocol. We did a gram or, or a grain of rice essentially. And, uh, and we added, we, we brought her up to a gram within like a week and a half to two weeks.
3: Wow. And, that's fast.
2: Yeah, we did it fast because we had her backs against the wall.
3: Yeah. No, did she, was she
2: doing this all orally, Sean? Originally we were doing it sublingually orally. And, uh, but, but as we, Progressed. We ended up doing it. Um, well, when we got, she, she ended up having brain radiation, right? And uh, so she had ten rounds of that. And then I took her to Hawaii to to recover. And my son lives in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and I had my my other son and my daughter. They met us down there, and we had like a family get together, which I thought could be our last, right? So when um, when we got back from that, she she we, our backs were against the wall. We didn't know what was going on. And she had a seizure that Saturday and, uh, she ended up, you know, so of course, modern medicine, you're thinking the doctors know what they're doing and you're going to try to do everything you can to save your wife. And I'm trying to do what I'm doing and I want them to do what they need to do. So we ended up putting her on chemo and I wish I never did that, but we did. And, um, so she would, she would get, really sick, and she, she'd she throw up, you know, so I couldn't do it sublingually anymore, so then I had to give it to her rectally. And then um, later on, as time progressed, then I started easing some oral doses and capsule form back, back to her, and uh, we were doing both rectally and orally.
1: Now, how was her attitude, Sean, during all this?
2: I think she was blindsided, and... Uh, yeah. And, you know and and you know she just to give you guys some context you know so mm-hmm. we we came when we started going she ended up in the hospital, like, so many times. I mean, we had we were in the ER, like, eight times in a two-week period. I mean, when we came back, the Saturday we came back from Hawaii, she had her first seizure. She ended up having a total of three. There were times I was taking her to the hospital, and she went blind in the, in the car on the way to the hospital. And she or, went
3: blind from what, Sean?
2: From the tumors and the edema in her head. Ah, uh, okay. So, I mean, it was really gut-wrenching you know she'd go blind totally or half her vision would be gone you know and sometimes and and so i mean we were doing everything we can to to fight back i mean like she had really advanced cancer so we were doing what we had to do and fortunately um she she you know she just wasn't really there i mean she was just fighting you know so she wasn't really thinking about anything else i don't think and um and yeah, that's pretty much how it was, you know, I mean, so over a period of time, you know, we would get scans because she was in the hospital so much. And I noticed that her lung tumor was shrinking. We hadn't even started chemo at the time. And her lung tumor was like 3.7 uh, centimeters. And it had shrank, you know, you'd see it dropped down to 3.5, 3.2, you know, it it ultimately it shrank to about half the size before it started going up again. And and I've got my own theory on that, but but now it seems to be stable. But anyhow, yeah. So her tumor was shrinking in her lung before she ever even started chemo. So
3: this, this chemo and radiation they were doing, what were they telling you about this then? Because initially they gave her two weeks. So were, was this just palliative then?
2: It was palliative. Well, she's on palliative care. But initially, my doctor said she had about two weeks when I ended up getting her to the hospital. The oncologist that we ended up hooking up with says, you know what, you know, with this new treatment, and he was the immune therapy and stuff that maybe, maybe we can buy her six months to a year, maybe a year and a half, you know? Okay, and-
3: so that that was basically what they were after was just buying her a bit of time.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what they were doing is just buying her time. But what happened was, is so they put her on this anti-nausea medicine and this anti-nausea medicine was haloperidol or Haldol and this Reglan as a second line of defense created another issue for us. It created her to have what's called a uh, tardive dyskinesia or tardive Parkinsonism. And so what it does is the haloperidol is a dopamine inhibitor and it destroys your, your inside of your midbrain and, uh, And so now she started, you know, having symptoms of Parkinson's disease and these guys, it really pissed me off because they didn't, they did not look for any of that. And I was telling them for months, months ahead of time, Hey, her hand is twitching. What's that? You know, and, and they didn't seem to think that it was anything, you know, and, so the one doctor, the the neuro-oncologist, he says, well, you know, it could be some of the medicines she's on. Well, he didn't tell me specifically what. He said, talk to palliative care. So I ended up talking to everybody. Nobody said, yeah, this is what it is. So I had to do the research on my own again, and I found out that it was the Haldol that was actually causing it, and she had full-blown Parkinson's disease. and And yeah, I was pretty upset about that.
3: On top of everything else
2: on top of everything else i mean in fact i would rather deal with the cancer any day than deal with that because that was gut-wrenching i mean to watch her uncontrollably just twitch and move and the bed would shake you know I, i knew she was up because immediately as soon as she got up the bed would start shaking and and so i mean it woke me up and uh no it was terrible So they admitted her in the hospital for that, and they've mitigated it somewhat, but she still has symptoms of it, and that's been really difficult for her.
1: She still has symptoms today of that? Yes. Boy, did they give any indication that that will will pass?
2: It's usually tardive dyskinesia caused by drug-induced. It's usually a permanent situation. Now, they may mitigate some of the symptoms, or some of the symptoms may... Go away, or mm-hmm. but but she's probably going to have that the rest of her life. And
3: nobody warned you about this. That this nobody was a possible war- side effect here.
2: No, the BS thing about the whole thing is so the Food and Drug Administration they they recognize this this drug or this set of drugs as antipsychotic drugs. So they're using something off label. It's called off label. It's an antipsych. The, the haloperidol is a first generation antipsychotic drug that was made in 1957, 1958, that is known for this. 40% of the people that take this drug are going to get tardive dyskinesia. So I told the doctors, like wow. so I said, it's like me putting 10 of you guys in a room, and I'm going to say, I'm going to shoot four of you guys. And then, you know, how, how many of you guys are going to feel comfortable with that? You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. how I feel. And I try to explain to them. I said, that's how I feel. You guys didn't even tell us. You didn't even warn us. And when I brought up the stuff, you guys didn't even, you didn't even suggest that it could be this because you think she's going to die. You know, you think you wrote her off. You know what I'm saying?
1: They were using so, her as a guinea pig, really.
2: Essentially, yeah. yeah. And essentially, yeah, because it's all about the money anymore. That's what I'm mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, being through this whole ordeal.
1: Now, during this... These trials and tribulations that you went through, when was she given the all clear for the 20 brain tumors?
2: So she ended up, and they wouldn't admit 100% that it's 100% clear, they never do, but what the doctor said, it was on, uh, she had an MRI June 28th, and the brain tumors were essentially gone, the edema was essentially gone you know there might have been a few dead cells in there but there was everything was gone i sent Corey some pictures of the actual mri and you juxtaposed the two. you see the before and the after. after yeah and it was pretty much incredible and the doctor looked straight in my eyes and he smiled and he says he cuz they know what i'm doing they 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 all know what i'm doing mm-hmm. they won't agree with it they won't admit it but he looked at me right in my eyes and he said he smiled and he said you know what you keep doing what you're doing
1: right on yeah good for you yeah. Good for him. So she got rid of the, uh, the brain tumors essentially.
2: Yeah.
1: And how was, once she got rid of the brain tumors, how was she, I guess, physically and emotionally?
2: Ah, well, physically, she's been really, been really weak. I mean, there's times because of this tardive dyskinesia, she put her in the hospital. I mean, she lost like nine pounds in the hospital. She was like really wore out. It's like she's coming out of that now, you know, like uh, the past two days she's been on fire. I mean, it's like she's got, she's, she's starting to get her fight back, you know, and uh, so you can, you can see that. So, so emotionally, she's starting to come back you know cognitively she's coming back um physically she's starting to come back but she's still not there yet she's weak okay. sean were you
3: you doing any cbd in any yeah
2: you were okay yeah so most of the most of the time i was doing a high thc so i I would not only was i making it on my own but but um i was also sourcing it out of washington and subsequently sourced it a little bit out of california and then and then i was also getting cbd so what i was doing initially was all thc and then i kept reading and kept researching and that dennis hill said you know do a one-to-one ratio was what he recommended so i tried that and so and I even tried to do more than one gram you know because doing erectile she wasn't really good of any psychoactive effects and so but what I found out is is, is I reached out to going back to this tardive dyskinesia what I think happened is you know the tardive dyskinesia the the dopamine inhibitors they stopped your d1 and d2 receptors and I, I got a hold of a scientist I found a paper on apoptosis of uh, of lung cancer and I tried to get a hold of the scientist who wrote that and I couldn't get a hold of her. Her name was Dr. Angie Preet, but I got a hold of one of the co-authors, Dr. Zahida Kamari, and she's out of Ohio State University. The actual paper, I think, was written out of Harvard and she ended up getting a job at National Institute of Health. But this this other doctor I talked to out of Ohio State, I talked to her, I said, listen, you know, I explained to her how my wife got tardive dyskinesia. I told her what I was doing with the cannabis and I, I was perplexed about the lung cancer. And I've said, I don't understand why this isn't going away. The brain cancer is pretty much gone. The lung cancer seems like it proliferated a little bit. And uh, she thinks, that in her opinion, and, and I was thinking too, that it's possible that the, so the CB1 and CB2 receptors could have critical pathways, interconnections, and uh, with with the D1 and D2 receptors as well. And and she thinks because maybe it's possible, don't know for sure, but it's possible that when you inhibit the, those receptors, that it could have had an impact on the CV two receptors that would have been in her lung, right? So we're thinking maybe that's what caused the proliferation. We don't know, but that was her hypothesis, I guess. So. Um,
1: now with I, uh, with I, it, I, I, so, go sorry, go ahead, John.
2: I was going to say, I went off on a tangent, guys. I apologize. Oh, no,
1: no. This is, uh, you know, it's a fascinating story that you're telling about your wife, who, by the way, is your wife is 51, correct? She's 51, right. 51. And all of this happened this year. When you got the all clear of the brain tumors, you said your wife's in the last few days has started to get her fight back. Earlier you mentioned that the lung cancer, the size of the lung cancer shrunk by about half did it come back again to its original size
2: yeah pretty much it did and that's that's what i couldn't understand what was going on so we had a a recent scan showed that it's so it was growing and then all of a sudden it stopped growing the recent scan said it stayed the same size so it's 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 stayed the same size i'm hoping this next scan is going to Start to show that it's going back down in size, is what I'm hoping for. So, um, like I said, I don't know why it grew and the brain cancer pretty much diminished. I don't understand that. So, that's what the scientists from Ohio State and I were discussing.
1: Now, Corey, you've said that in your experience in dealing with people with lung cancer, you have great success with people who take the cannabis oil by suppository. Yeah.
3: Correct? Suppositories. Suppository morning, suppository afternoon, oral dose at night. Yeah,
1: is that what you're trying, Sean?
2: I, I originally, well, yeah, I've, I've tried so many different things. So I, I was, I wasn't using a suppository. What I was using was a one mil syringe, and yeah, then same originally, thing. I, yeah. So I would try that with coconut oil, or at least lube it with coconut oil. You know, was, maybe use as a carrier. I've tried hemp oil too, and um, so I was using that. In the mornings and then it you know i was giving her some oral doses throughout the day and then I'd, I'd do either an oral dose sometimes or sometimes i would do the rectal dose at night but i found that what the what that doctor from ohio state thought that she says dosing is important she goes if you do too much it's going to have an law of diminishing returns and can actually cause cell proliferation is what she was saying in, in the lung from her experience but she says the dosing if you hit that sweet spot it's going to cause apoptosis which is cell death so i'm trying to find that sweet spot so i started going back to just doing it twice a day once in the morning and once at night and then i give her cbd during the day
3: Hmm. Now, I know I saw an article a while back on uh, CBN is showing great promise with lung cancer.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. If you can send it to me, I'd really appreciate that, Corey.
1: If I can find it, I will. <laughs> okay. Oh, All my
2: right. goodness, yes.
1: <laughs> Sean, you are a testament to uh, a husband who really, really loves his wife because the work you've done to save your wife's life which I think you have done and uh, put her on the road to recovery and uh, I think you are I mean it's just remarkable I mean I'm really at a loss for words because uh, I, I know how you feel about your wife and uh, to see her diminish before your eyes like that especially through the use of western medicine as you said earlier um. if it was just the cancer you could have dealt with that right, yeah, and it's,
2: I, a, it's really it's been heartbreaking actually, and I mean, it's been tough it's it's but I will never quit fighting, so I love her a lot, so I mean it's it's in my nature, that's who I am, I'm like I said, I've been fighting all my life, and um I'll never quit fighting, so not until I can't fight anymore, you know,
3: Sean, so when you were giving her the oil for the brain tumors um prior to them going away, what? strains were you using were you just using one strain were you mixing it up
2: initially when i was making it on my own i was getting whatever i can get and then when i was getting it out of washington i had no control of the strains i was getting some hybrids i was getting what was called white cookies the the percentage of thc was like 71.6 percent 72 Mm percent you know somewhere around in there when I was making it on my own, I started using just Northern Lights initially, and then I started using, which is an indigo. And then I started using what's called papaya, which is an indigo. Then I started mixing those two together, and then now I'm trying to add even a sativa in there just to try to get different strains, out, you know, to get rid of this lung cancer. So that's that's what I'm trying. But everything, you know, there's no... There's no recipe for this for anybody. There's no, you know, the the medical industry is not, you know, she's got a medical marijuana card. But this hospital, for example, they had several memos come down from the higher ups, the administrative saying, do not talk about cannabis, no matter what, you know, do not bring it up. If they find it in the hospital, they will confiscate it. If they will never, ever refer to cannabis to get, you know, for anything, not even palliative wise. I mean, it's, 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 wow. it's pretty egregious, right? It's really screwed up. So because of that, there's no, there's no cookbook. There's no prescription. There's no, no, no pathway to go down and, and, and understand what's going on. You've got to figure it out on your own. Flying or on your I own. Talk, yeah.
1: So Yeah, I think uh, what you might want to try, Sean, is uh, Corey's uh, formula for lung cancer three times a day. Yeah, that's where I've seen it work, you know, the most. I've probably
3: helped clear more uh, lung cancers than any other cancer, but that's what I've seen work.
2: I definitely will. Yeah,
3: and multi-strain oil, and um, can't say enough about multi-strain oils. Definitely the way to go if you possibly can do it. It doesn't necessarily um, matter so much the actual strains, just that you get a good mixture in there.
2: Right, right. You know,
3: and if you know, it might be worth um, trying to source uh, a plant high in you know CBN. I know we have somebody in Canada now who's actually producing a high CBN oil. I don't know if you could find one in the states or not. I'm sure there must be somebody around. If anybody hears this or whatever, maybe they can PM me if they know someone.
2: Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, I mean you, the way I feel, Sean.
3: I think you're going to completely clear this lung cancer. I think compared to the the brain tumors, this is actually a walk in the park.
2: You know, I I, I thought so, too, until, like I said, when I saw the proliferation. I didn't understand that. And I think it had something to do with the drugs that she was on. And now that she's off of it, that's why we saw that it stopped growing. And I'm thinking it's going to go back. So I'm hoping so, too, Corey.
3: Well, sometimes, too, please be aware that tumors can change shape and appear to grow as they're dying. We've certainly uh, seen that before.
2: Thanks. Yeah.
3: Oh, That's do a good they?
1: Point. Yeah. So, so they're dying, but they grow, but give the appearance that they're, they're they're actually getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Sean, how is your wife's mental state now?
2: Um, like I said, I think her fire's coming back. Um, she's she's starting she's okay now i mean it, cognitively I, I wouldn't say she's a 100% i'd say she's getting to be about 90% you know cognitively mm-hmm. um i think uh she she was depressed the past couple of days um i i'm not sure if some of that has to do with with coming off of those drugs um because it messes with your dopamine but uh i think she's starting to get some of her fire back so
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what she's like once she's off all uh, medication and just on the cannabis oil.
2: Right. I'm hoping for that sometime soon, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. And how are you doing through all this?
2: Ah man. Ian, I've been a wreck. I mean, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to take care of her. It's just me and my sister basically are taking care of my wife, and it's been been rough. You know, um, uh, like I said, I'm a fighter, man. I'll never... I'll never quit. Nobody can ever stop me. I mean, I'll, I'll go down fighting. I, you know, to my last breath. You know, so, so it. You know, even though I'm hurting inside and, and I'm, I'm a wreck, but I'm just gonna keep going. You know, until I can save her life. You know, that's what I'm doing. Until there's nothing else. You know. Well, so I feel like you're t-
3: halfway there already. Yeah. Well, thank you.
1: I think you're more than halfway. When Sean, when you look at it from the start of the year. In 2019, when your wife was first diagnosed with the 20 brain tumors and the lung cancer, look how far she's come. The brain tumors are, are essentially gone. The lung cancer, Corey and I believe, will be gone in several months. And your wife is coming off the medication. She's starting to get her fire back, as you say. I mean, you guys have come a long, long way. Since the start uh, of the year
2: it's true it's been rough that's true though I think she has too. I think she's in better shape now other than that tart of dyskinesia than where she started from, so
1: yeah. yeah so uh you know i I don't want this to sound trite, but I think uh, keep your hopes up because I firmly believe what you're doing is the absolute correct thing, and I think uh you know we 'll talk to you.
3: I think we're going to be interviewing you again.
1: Yeah, we'll talk to you six months from now, and uh, maybe your wife will come on the program, and she can take us through some of the the issues that she's dealt with. But I feel as though you are just a remarkable man who loves his wife, and you have made huge strides in the last number of months. And I think you should be proud of that.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and I think your your wife is uh, very lucky to have a guy like you who to help her out.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do. I love her very much. So I'm I'm, I'm I was heartbroken when this all came about. I mean, I like I get said. I mean, I was I was I was devastated. So so I'm I'm fighting hard for. Her.
1: Yeah, don't forget to take care of yourself too.
2: Yeah, I know, Everybody tells me that, but. <laughs> <be>
1: right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. Anything you want to say in conclusion, Sean?
2: Yeah, I just want to tell everybody out there that if they're facing similar things that they need to be fighting as well, and and don't just take the doctor's word for it, and don't just take what drugs they give you for things. I mean, they really need to look into it. In hindsight, I wish I would have known what I know now, because... I never would have let them put her on antipsychotic medicines for nausea. I think it's it's egregious, you know, and I would just tell people to be very wary, be very vigilant, you know.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Sean, it was great to talk to you. Uh, We'll we'll be watching your story with interest.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it much.
1: Thank you, Sean, so much for sharing. Corey, that is a
3: remarkable story. It's an amazing story. And look how far he's come, where they've come.
1: Yeah. He, uh, I mean, the research he did to determine some of the causes and the research into cannabis when he really wasn't uh, that much of, a, didn't have much of an interest in cannabis initially, as most people don't, until they get sick. I mean, I think he's he should be very, very proud of what he's done
3: Oh, absolutely. And just, you know, taking, taking control and getting out there and researching and making his own oil, etc. There's a lot of people that won't do that. I mean, he totally took control and uh, my, my hat off to him, boy. Yeah.
1: And uh, we thank you for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. And if you'd like to uh, help us out, you can make a donation to Cannabis Health Radio on our website and also on Patreon. You can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation and we'd greatly appreciate it thank you to Ron Zahar our producer and uh, for the use of his facilities as well and Mark in Belgium who posts our podcasts on YouTube and we thank you for listening to Cannabis Health Radio and we'd appreciate it if you'd share our stories with those people who are in your life and on your social networks thanks very much
0: Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
3: Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humiston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.